Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another fun-filled, fun-packed episode of Conversations About Dot Dot Dot. This is Will. Today I've got Jingles with me. Smider is on assignment, so say hello to the people, Jingles. Hello. I'm here. Right. I'm ready to work. Ready to work. Let's go. We're going to talk today about the Marvel question. Is Marvel really in trouble, or is the internet just running out of stuff to talk about? And um, just our two cents on the Marvel situation. Uh so we're gonna kind of do it in a, just a real quick, simple flash format, uh, where we're gonna I'm gonna kind of read the article through, and then we're gonna discuss the article. We'll break it down into the three main categories. It looks like it's primarily the three main categories are gonna be the Jonathan Major situation, the rewrites for Captain Marvel, and the response to Quantum Mania, and then the Disney you Plus mean shows. The Marvels. Well, the, the the rewriting of the Marvels, but then also, yeah, I kind of did say Captain Marvel. Uh, so the Marvels, but then also the disappointment with Quantum Mania and kind of how that's affecting a lot of the things going forward. So here's the article from Variety. Um, it is written by Tatiana Siegel. Uh, this was written um, just, just even like a week or two ago, I believe. And so... We got the past, this past September, a group of Marvel creatives, including studio chief Kevin Feige, assembled in Palm Springs for the studio's annual retreat. Many years, the vibe would have been confident, even cocky, given how the premier superhero brand owned by, DC, by Disney since 2009 has remade the entertainment business in its image. But this occasion was angst-ridden. Everybody at Marvel was really from the series of disappointments on screen, a legal scandal involving one of its biggest stars, and questions about the vi viability of the studio's ambitious strategy to extend the brand beyond movies into streaming. The most pressing issue to be discussed at the retreat was what to do about Jonathan Majors, the actor who had been poised to carry the next phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but instead is heading to a high-profile trial in New York later this year on domestic violence charges. The actor insists he is the victim, but the damage to his reputation and the chance he could lose the case was forced Marvel to reconsider its plans to center the next phase of its interlocking slate of sequels, spinoffs, and series around Majors' villainous character, Kang the Conqueror. As the gathering in Palm, as at the gathering in Palm Springs, executives discussed backup plans, including pivoting to another comic book adversary like Doctor Doom, but making any shift would carry its own headaches. Majors is already is, was already a big presence in the MCU, including the steam stealing antagonist in February's Ant Man and Wasp Quantum Mania, and he has been positioned as the franchise's next big thing in this season of Loki, particularly in the finale, which airs November 9th and sets Kang up as the titular star of a fifth Avengers movie in 2026. Marvel is truly... F I'm going to censor that out. Uh, <laughs> uh, Marvel is truly effed with the whole Kang angle, says one of the top dealmakers who has seen the final Loki episode. They haven't had an opportunity to rewrite until very recently because of the WGA strike, but I don't see a path to how they move forward with him. Beyond the bad press for majors, the brain trust at Marvel is also grappling with the November release of The Marvels, a sequel to the 2019 blockbuster Captain Marvel that has been plagued with lengthy reshoots and now appears to have likely be to underwhelm at the box office. This is all this this is all an unprecedented turn of fortune for a company that has nearly enjoyed uninterrupted string of hits ever since it started independently producing its film movies in 2008 with 2008's Iron Man. That wildly profitable run culminated in $2.8 billion worth of success of 2019's Endgame, 
a high watermark for the studio that has earned nearly $30 billion over 32 films. Replicating that kind of phenomenon is never easy. However, the source of Marvel's current troubles can be traced back to 2020. That's when the COVID pandemic ushered in a mandate to help boost Marvel's stock price with an endless torrent of interconnected Marvel content for the studio's fledgling streaming platform, Disney+. According to that plan, there would never be a lapse in superhero fare with either a film in theaters or a new TV series streaming at any given moment. But the insurance tsunami of spandex proved to be too much of a good thing and the demands of churning out too much pro so much programming taxed the Marvel apparatus. Moreover, the need to tease an interwoven storyline over so many despair, desperate shows, movies, and platforms created a muddled narrative that baffled the viewers. The Marvel machine was pumping out a lot of content. Did it get to the point where it was just too much? And are they, or are they burning people out on superheroes? It's possible, says Wall Street analyst Eric Handler, who covers Disney. The more you do, the tougher it is to maintain quality. They tried experimenting with breaking into some new characters like Shang-Chi and the Eternals with mixed results. With budgets as big as these, you need home runs. The Marvels, which opens the theaters on November 10th, will struggle to get the ball past the infield, at least by Marvel's outside standards. The movie, which costs $250 million and sees relaunching or pricing a role of Captain Marvel, is tracking to open at $75 million to $80 million, far below the $185 million Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness took in domestically on its debut weekend last year. Directed by Nia DaCosta, the Marvels unites Larson's heroines with two superpower allies, Tiana Paris' Monica Rambeau, introduced in the 2021 Disney Plus series WandaVision, and Iman Vellani's Kamala Khan, first seen in the 2022 series Miss Marvel. But instead of seamlessly building on the success of Captain Marvel, this movie resulted in four weeks of reshoots to bring co 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 uh, a cohesiveness to the tangled storyline. Then eyebrows were raised again when DaCosta began working on another film while the Marvels was still in post-production. The filmmaker moved to London earlier this year to begin prepping for her Tessa Thompson drama, Hata, a representation a representative for DaCosta declined to comment on. If you're directing a $250 million movie, it's kind of weird for the director to leave with a few months to go, says a source familiar with the production. The Marvels has seen its release date move back twice, too, often, too, once to swap places with Quantumania, which was deemed further along, and again when its debut shifted from July to November to give filmmakers more time to tinker. But with the extra time, didn't necessarily help. In June, Marvel, which traditionally only solicits feedback from Disney employees and their families and friends, took the uncharacteristic step of holding a public test screening in Texas. The audience gave the film middling reviews. I love the fact that they use the term middling in there. I just think that's an interesting word that we need to use more often. Middling. Middling. Middling reviews. Uh, but Marvel has never been in the business of being average. Kevin's real superpower, his genius, has always been in post-production and getting his hands on movies and making sure that they were finished strongly. The source adds, these days he spread thin. Kevin Feige declined on the, to comment on this portion of the story. Feige isn't the only person showing signs of strain. Marvel's entire VX, VX, VFX battalion, including staffers and vendors, are struggling to keep up with the pace of the never-ending stream of productions. This past February, when the credits rolled at the world premiere of Quantum Manium, shock rippled through the Regency Village Theater in Westwood with some shoddy CGI. There were at least 10 scenes where the visual effects had been added at the last minute and they were out of focus, says one veteran power broker who was there. It was insane. 
I've never seen something like that in my entire career. Everyone was talking about it. Even the kids of executives were talking about it. The schedule swap of the Marvels then left Ant-Man, the Ant-Man, the Ant-Man sequel, in a squeeze, pushing up the post-production schedule about four and a half months. Marvel films are known for coming down to the wire, given Feige's ability to foam the runway, runway and land a plane. Uh, that way, one says executive who's familiar with how the company operates. But this level of unfinishedness with, was unprecedented and would be noted in the scathing reviews when the tempo for the $200 million budget opened 11 days after premiere. Critics weren't the only ones dismayed. Fed up with 14-hour days and no overtime, Marvel VFX workers voted unanimously, unanim unanimously to unionize in September, sparking an industry-wide trend. The year 2023 has been the straw that broke the camel's back, says former Marvel Studios VFX assistant coordinator Anna George, who appeared before the Congressional Labor Caucus on October 19th to testify that the studio's untenable deadlines and working conditions. The pay and long hours at Marvel were the reason we had to start our unionization process there. The conditions were completely unsustainable. Disney's top brass, including newly returned CEO Bob Iger, had, was said to be apologetic about Marvel's VFX troubles. One month after Quantumanium premiered, after the Quantumanium premiere debacle, a guillotine fell on Victoria Alonso, who oversaw the studio's physical production, post-production, VFX, and animation. While the reason cited for her abrupt firing was uh, was her unauthorized role in the executive producer of the Oscar-nominated film Argentina, 1985, insiders say Disney was incensed that the quality control on its Marvel productions were plummeting, particularly in an ever-expanding TV front. The VFX logjam had been evident for some time, with some of the final effects for Dutch DT Plus series WandaVision and She-Hulk Attorney at Law inserted after their streaming debuts. That Alfonso was busy promoting her art house project while Rome burned certainly didn't sit well with Disney's leadership. Alfonso's attorney says that her client was unable to comment. But for some internal sources, it suggests Alonso was a scapegoat and a point to the She-Hulk VFX issues was a symptom of a much deeper rot, namely a lack of oversight on script development. In the original arc of She-Hulk, a flashback of star Tiatalia Masalani's transformation into her character didn't take place until episode 8, the penultimate episode. But after Marvel's brain trust watched the footage, they realized the scene needed to be happened in a plot pilot episode so that the audience could see more of the character's backstory early. This meant that the VFX team was tasked for fixing the mess in post-production. The so-called bad VFX we see is because of the half-baked scripts, says one person involved with She-Hulk. It was not Victoria. That was that that was Kevin. Even above Kevin. Uh, these issues should have been addressed in pre-production. The timeline is not allowed for Marvel executives to sit down with the material. All the while, Marvel is bleeding money with a single uh, episode of She-Hulk costing around $25 million, dwarfing the budget of the final season of HBO's Game of Thrones without having similar zeitgeist bang. The August 22 series premiere at the El Captain Theater foreshadowed what she, what was to come six months later at the Quantumania bow. The She-Hulk special effects were out of focus in multiple scenes. There are signs that the flood of the product is leading people to tune out. I'm not prepared to call it a permanent fail or fall, but based on the numbers that go with the Marvel podcast, Marvel-based articles, friends who do Marvel-based video coverage, and all these numbers are significantly down, says Joanna Robinson, co-author of the New York bestseller MCU, The Reign of Marvel Studios, who is a writer and podcaster at The Ringer. The quality is suffering. 
In 2019, at the peak, you could put Marvel Studios in front of something. People were like, oh, that brand means quality. This association is no longer the case because they have been so many projects that have been half, felt half-baked and undercooked. At public, as public criticism mounts, Feige is pulling the plug on scripts with projects that aren't working. Case in point, the Blade reboot. With Mahershala Ali signed on and you know his role of a vampire, things look promising for a 2023 release, but the project has gone through at least five writers, two directors, and one shutdown six weeks before production. One person familiar with the script opinionization says that the story at one point morphed into a narrative led by women and filled, by life, filled with life lessons. Blade was relegated to the fourth lead in a bizarre idea considering the studio had two had a two-time Oscar winner Ali on board. Amid the reports that Ali was ready to exit over the script issues, Feige went back to the drawing board and hired Michael Green, the Oscar-nominated writer of Logan, to start anew. Speculation around town is that the studio is looking to make the film, now slated for 2025, on a budget of less than $100 million, a deviation from, a deviation from Marvel's big spending strategy. With Iger publicly acknowledging the downslide of, of the Marvel TV glute that has diluted and focused attention, the keepers of the comic book empire have been considering some dramatic moves. Sources say that they're in talks to bring back the original gang as an, as an, for an Avengers movie. This would include reviving Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man and Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow, both of whom were killed off in Endgame. That should, spoilers. Yeah, spoilers for a film that was how old? It was uh, 2018, 2019. 2018, 2019, yeah. So if you didn't know in Endgame, yeah, the, 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 the Iron Man and Black Widow are no longer with us. Uh, anyway, that shouldn't be a stumbling block in a comic book. In, in, in comic books, beloved characters are often killed off only to be resurrected thanks to the power of things like the multiverse. But the studio hasn't yet committed to the idea. If they were able to bring those actors back, it wouldn't come cheap. Sources say Robert Downey Jr.'s Upfront salary for Iron Man 3 was around $25 million. Will that solve Marvel's majors problem? When the Quantum Manium actor was arrested in March, Disney executives insisted that they could afford to pay to play a wait-and-see game, given that the Avengers Kang Dynasty wasn't expected to begin shooting until early 2024. But then majors was dropped from a quick succession with his publicists and managers. He remains a client with WME, the agency where he landed after CAA parted ways with him. Pre-arrest for his brutal con conduct towards staff, says one source. CIA declined to comment in April, while other alleged uh, domestic violence victims of majors began cooperating with the Miami my Manhattan District Attorney's Office. Then, ahead of the key hearing in October, media outlets, including Variety, obtained a court filing that referenced to a police incident in London involving majors that led his ex-girlfriend to seek medical attention. Making matters even stickier, the ex-girlfriend also worked on Quantumania as a movement coach. And the London incident took place at while Majors was shooting season two of Loki. On October 25th, the New York judge denied Majors' motion to dismiss the case, which ensures the actor will have to stand trial late November. His legal team is attempting to keep some material in the case sealed. Source, a studio source notes that regardless of the actor's legal issues, Marvel already has considered moving away from Major's lead phase because of the box office performance of Quantumania, which will struggle a bit to make profit. It gave people pause that Quantumania didn't exactly land, the source says. In October 27th, Disney removed another Major's film, Searchlight's magazine Dreams, from a recent release calendar. Recasting Major's is another option as well, as Feige did the same thing with Terrence Howard in Iron Man 2 with Don Cheadle. 
In fact, Marvel isn't afraid to change direction even after making splashy announcements. Armor Wars was first unveiled as a series and now it's being developed as a feature. While the film's push to adapt the comic book Inhumans into a feature film generated headlines but it's now laid dormant. The now defunct Marvel television mounted as an, in an Inhuman show back in 2017 that ran for one season on ABC. Still, yep. there is one bright spot in 2023, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which became Marvel's biggest draw of the year with $845 million worldwide. The fact that this was directed by James Gunn, the guy who is now running DC, rival company Studios DC, was lost on no one. With, um, with Marvel, it used to be as close as guaranteed that you could get, says Paul DeBakken, uh, box office analyst for Comscore, or Comscore, so going all in after the budgets make sense, Guardians 3 was such a overlooked of how successful it was, but it had James Gunn and Chris Pratt, and I think the star power to become more important than there was with Quantumania with around $47 million. Anything $476 under, million. $476 I thought I said $476 million. You said forty-seven million. Oh, sorry. Yeah, forty-seven, four hundred seventy-six million. Anything under half a billion dollars is viewed as a disappointment, and these overreaching expectations are a result of so much success over the years. The key to reinvigorating Marvel may lie in the superhero arsenal that Disney acquired during the 2019 purchase of the 21st Century Fox. The deal brought certain blue chip heroes such as the X Men and Fantastic Four back under the studio's control. Already, fans are geeking out at the next year's Deadpool 3, which reunites Ryan Reynolds, Merkel with the Mouth, with Hugh Jackman's Wolverine, and a reboot of Fantastic Four slated for 2025. As a bonus, the Fox editions gave Feige an opportunity to reimagine the X-Men franchise. The very property he cut his teeth on as a young executive of Laura Schuler's Donner's production company. Now that the WGA strike is in the rearview mirror, Marvel has stated that talking with two writers are bringing the X-Men into MCU fold. While Feige recalibrates, the rest of the industry is anxiously hoping that Marvel's best days are not behind it. Writing the Marvel obituary would be ill-advised, says Jason Squire, professor eminence of UC at USC School of Cinematic Arts and host of the Movie Business Podcast. Kevin Feige is the Babe Ruth of movie executives, and Marvel has the most profitable track record in movie history, no question. So, uh, I think the first thing I want to do is I want to kind of get your thoughts on the... Jonathan Major stuff, because I feel like that's going to be the first thing we really want to talk about. Okay. Um, well, the whole situation is definitely, like, kind of sucks. It's kind of weird. Um, you know, this is a very awkward situation that everybody's been kind of put in at the moment. Um we don't know what's what's going to happen with Jonathan Majors. It, do, it doesn't look good, first of all. It's, you know, things are not looking particularly good on that end for Jonathan Majors. And as such, like, the whole plans that were set out and set forth that we were all figuring out to do for the MCU, like, longtime comic book fans, we know Kang the Conqueror and the character of Kang. Um... He's quite popular. Uh, I don't think as popular as some other villains that I know we are going to be getting in the near future. But <clears throat> Kang has always been kind of a 
uh, one of those long running background characters that like sometimes you hear about, sometimes you don't. Sometimes there there's like time shenanigans that happen with him and like, oh, I've been here this whole time, but and they're like, oh no, don't do that. Uh, um, and so to me, Kang has always been a character that I'm like, you can always just kind of have him be around in the background and we can see how things go with that. Um, it all hugely depends, of course, on, uh, well, but as the article was saying, they could just completely recast Jonathan Majors. That's always a possibility. They've already recast a few other people over the years. So it wouldn't be difficult to do. Um, I kind of feel like Kang's whole, like a, a, a lot of the big excitement as far as like regular non-nerd uh, moviegoers go, like the big selling point for Kang was that it was Jonathan Majors because I know a lot of people really like Jonathan Majors as an actor. Um, so I don't know how many people are going to want to come back without Jonathan Majors being there as Kang the Conqueror. Um, there's a lot of different things that could be put into place that could change. Um, it's it's tough. So one thing is for sure is that the I do believe that the slate for everything is messed up at the moment. And the big major point for that is because Jonathan Majors is having legal issues at the moment and even if like all of this get, like I I think the only way that it could have like gone away for Jonathan Majors and things could be better for Jonathan Majors right now and like everything could just continue on like nothing ever happened uh if is if he was able to get the the lawsuit put up against him and have it just dismissed um, because if you can get it dismissed, especially if it's a lawsuit, if you can get it dismissed, then like they basically said you did not have enough like proof that anything untoward happened. But the the judge says, hey, there's enough here that there's some questionable stuff that we need to we need to go through with the trial for this. And so I think just because even just that is enough to be like, well, man, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't think this is going to work out for you. Um, and I don't know if the character of Kang himself can even survive this. Um, there's a lot of questions being left up in the air at the moment that I don't think could be answered easily. Um, and so this whole situation has just been, just been put in, it's just awkward at the moment. And kind of personally, I'm all like, okay, we're going to have to rethink Kang and like this whole slate that we had put into place that we had kind of set up at the moment. I think all of that's going to have to be altered and changed and um, in order for all this to work. Um, that's kind of my my broad strokes feelings on the Jonathan Majors situation. Well, and here's something too. I think Disney is being really careful because of the fact that when the whole Johnny Depp thing happened, 
you know, a lot of people were just like, well, you know, Johnny Depp did it. You know, they, they proved in England that he was a he was an abuser. And they stated they stated that he was a he was a spousal abuser. And then when the case came back to the U.S., like by the time it got before it even started in the U.S., because then he sued Amber Heard for defamation. I mean, Disney got rid of him quick as quick. I mean, quick. Boy, they got rid of him as fast as they could off of pirates. And then um, mm -hmm. Warner got rid of him for Fantastic Beasts and all this other stuff. And then it's like the mm -hmm. next thing you know, the trial ended, and he was proven innocent of all that. But then by yeah. the time you got through everything, it was like, you know, he was like, somebody was like, well, would you ever go back to Disney? You know, he was just like, no, they couldn't, they can't afford to pay me enough. Like they, all they had to do was give it times for me to process this. And they didn't choose to do that. So now. No, he's, he's, he said that he's given a reason for him to ever come back to Disney. Oh, he did give a reason to come back. Yep. What it was, was very reason? recent. Okay. What was the reason? He said that they need to publicly apologize for what they did and what they've said about him. Okay. And that's fair. That's fair. I mean that that's very fair. He said if they that. do that, then he'll come back for for Pirate Six. It's kind of the same thing that happened if you think about it with um, um, Justin Roiland, with Rick and Morty. Mm -hmm. You know all the, the the sexual allegations, the sexual assault allegations came through, and Cartoon Network was like, "We're getting rid of him. We're gonna have to hire somebody else to bring him, voice all these and characters Hulu. and Hulu and all this other stuff and his own game company." Right, and then they say, "You know, he is found innocent and." Nothing's happened. Nobody's gone back and been like, you know, maybe we should have done that a little bit differently or anything. Like, oh, it's just straight up. Nope. Yep. <laughs> this is what we're doing. You know, and it was like, wow, it's crazy how that works. But um, because I mean, it's like you, you, that's the hard part too, man. Because like, if the, and I understand Marvel is saying they're doing a wait and see approach with that, and I'm glad they're doing that this time. But the reality is, man. That humble pie comes real hard if you got to serve it up. You know what I mean? Right. And well, I mean, they still haven't served any humble no, pie. No, not so at all. It doesn't, saying, it doesn't matter to them, if really. You're the, if you're the guy who has to serve it up, I mean, that's the question. And you're right. They haven't served it to anybody. You know, neither has Hulu, yeah. neither has anybody, really, as far as that goes. They'd rather just recast and move on. You know, which I guess that's a fine option. If you think about it, I mean, they, they, they've got the recasting done with Pirates. I mean, if they decide to go on with Pirates, I know they were talking about at one point doing a female-led Pirates with Margot Robbie, I think, is the primary person. But even that's kind of gone out. The, that's going to kind of gone out the window a bit as well. Yeah, I haven't heard anything official. So, you know, but that's that's a real thing. And, of course, I think if they're, you know, they're talking about, you know, possibly introducing Doctor Doom. I'm like, boy, if they're going to introduce Doctor Doom, it, it feels like they should have done that already. Well, here's another thing as well. Like, did you watch all five Pirates movies? No. I did not watch all five Pirates movies as they came out. I watched the first three as they came out. And then four and five I watched much, much, much later. Um, and so, like me, I love, like, I love the first three a lot. I think it's a really great trilogy, and I think they could have just stopped there, but they wanted to crank out more money because they're all like, oh, pirates, we can just print money with that. And it's the same idea that they've had with the Marvel movies. It's like, oh, we can just print money. Like, people will come to watch it. It doesn't matter. But now it's proving that people want good quality products to come and watch. They don't just want the name brand recognition. As they were saying, like, 2019 was their, their like, end game. 
was the last movie there where they could guarantee people to come in. That's not entirely true. Spider-Man and uh, and Guardians 3 were the two last movies where they were like, guarantee people will come and watch it. Mm-hmm. Like everything else that they put out since then, there's no guarantee a ton of people are going to watch it. I watched all of it because that's my job. It's part of my job. It's mm-hmm. one of my jobs. <laughs> um, and I still had a good time with basically all of it. Some stuff I liked more than others. Uh, but like Multiverse of Madness was kind of weird. I liked it a lot, but not a whole lot of people really liked it. Quantumania, tons of people hated on it. I thought it was all right, except for a few things that were kind of annoying to me. Part of it was some of the weird CG uh, decisions that they made in it. But, you know, we're, we've gone over like the reasons why it looks that way. Right. And so, like, and I I haven't seen the Marvels yet. That just came out this weekend. Uh, Spider and I were thinking about going to go watch it next weekend. Well, we're figuring that out at the moment. Yeah, I got you. Um, but the Marvels, like, I guess people were excited to watch Loki, uh, which Spider and I finished last night. Um, and, uh, but I don't I don't know too many people that were like going crazy too much for the disney plus shows um some people liked some of them but like i think the only one that seems to have gotten like near universal acclaim was loki season one and i haven't heard what too many people said about season two but i assume they're saying basically the same thing um there's a lot of people talking about the writing of it how it was written especially by the time you get to the last episode Mm-hmm. How they really but we'll talk, the we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about that, that when later. we talk about right on when we actually talk about loki so it's <clears throat> i think disney has just assumed that people would come and watch these movies uh and not realizing that they still kind of have to like earn the trust of the audience to come and watch the movies again because yes they've had a ton of hits but you know, not every movie they've ever put out was perfect. Not even in the first phase were all those movies perfect. Um, every phase has had, like, kind of wacky, not so Thor, not super great movies. Thor Dark World. <laughs> yeah. D- like, these movies exist. Even the first Thor movie wasn't, like, universally loved. Um, the first Thor movie that people, like, universally seemed to really enjoy was ragnarok Mm -hmm. and so it's like they they're they have to remember that they gotta earn this but the love and thunder was but then love and thunder right afterward done by the same directorial team was not as loved as ragnarok so yeah and so like marvel i i think this is hopefully going to be a reminder that they need to try harder um and there's two good things that I think is coming out of this. One, of course, is the the success of the WGA strike and uh, the decision to try and get better working conditions for the writers themselves so that these shows could be, you know, good. And the shows and the movies could hopefully be good. They're, they're like, back back in the day, they were like, let's just make a movie about some weird characters and see how it goes. Um, And then I guess what they learned from that was when that movie was successful, 
was like, oh, we just need a, we can just make a movie about whatever team. When the true answer is, no, you had James Gunn, one of the best visionary directors for superhero movies ever, make a movie about an obscure team that nobody cares about. And he did an amazing job. And so now people care about those characters. And those movies ended up being very good. You got to remember that you can't just like assign it, it just random people to do to write these random characters and direct these random movies and expect like people come to watch it and pay millions and millions of dollars to do it. They might have done it back in the day, like pre 2019, like anywhere between I'm I'm going to say like 2017 to 2019, like. I'm pretty sure everybody was watching all of those movies that came out then. But we're now at a point where we we we're demanding higher quality stuff again. And at least the general public is. Like I said, I'm still going to watch it. Even if it's bad, I'm going to watch it. And I'm expecting some of these to be bad. But uh I'm not a hater. I'm not going to like preemptively hate on anything either. So this is a it's it's a sticky situation Disney is in, but it's a situation where if they really just stop and think and like plan it out a little bit better, they can get right back on top again very very easily. The words I'm thinking are real simple: two words, slow down. Yes, slow down. Just slow down. Make That's all you need better to do. quality stuff. Because the thing about it is, you know, we talked about that there are certain movies during the first wave that weren't that great. There were certain movies during the second wave weren't that great. But you know what? Yep. By the time we got to Infinity Game, Infinity Game, Infinity Game, Infinity Game, Infinity War, <laughs> it, it really brought us back in, and then it made us reevaluate a lot of those older movies, even if they weren't that great at the beginning. I mean, let's look at a lot of those films. And then by the mm-hmm. time you got the end game, of course you had, you know, the thing they referenced with the, Cap- the, the Captain Marvel was you had it when we had it like Captain Marvel, Black Panther, and then Endgame. So because you felt like you had to go do your homework to find out how Miss Marvel was going to play in this bigger movie at the end, you had to watch it. You know, same thing with Black Panther because of the way they wedged it in there. They were very smart in how they did that. But, uh, you know, I think... Uh, Right now, with the weekend, I think they may have opened to like $45 million total. If that's the most accurate number between... Because th- they opened a day early. They opened Thursday. They went from Thursday to Sunday. If they only made $45 million, that's bad. Because that puts them under Flash at Blue Beetle. Mm-hmm. And Black Adam. So that's the, that would be the worst film debut for a comic book type movie this year. And, of course, you got people running around saying, oh, it's men. It's misogyny. That's the problem. I'm not saying that. And I'm like, that can't be true, though, because there have been other movies that came out this year that people enjoyed that were primarily women and female casted. You know, I mean, if you stop to think about it, going back to a look at, for example, uh, Across the Spider-Verse or Enter the Spider-Verse, the whole story was being told by Gwen. Well, you know, there was a lot of focus on. There's a lot of focus sure. on her, and I mean, even at the end when she's like, you know, how I said at the beginning, you know, I was always looking for a band, but I guess I found mine now. 
you ready to join? And that's kind of how they ended the movie. You know, it's just like, all right, bet. Like, I'm down for this. This is cool. And yeah, went, but that also was not like mainly female focus. Yeah, it was very much a. But but you know, it, because but, it, it it also heavily involved uh, Miles as well. And he was very much a character, and I'm just saying, as far as the way they pivoted, they told the story, I thought it was very unique. Yeah, but it's not like the three female leads like we're getting in the Marvels. True. It's very different. But I just, you know, my thing, like I said, I want the Marvels to succeed primarily because Iman Vellani and Tiana Paris, I feel like they deserve that opportunity. You've said that every time that we brought this up. a lot, yes. I don't think it's going to happen. Especially with the numbers that we're getting right now. I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening either, but my thing is you can't go out there. And, of course, you know, a lot of people say, well, if you look at the fact that the writer's strike was over, but the actor's strike was still going, so you didn't have the opportunity for the actors and actresses to really go out there and promote the movie because they were still under an actor's strike during that time when they would have been normally been promoting the film. You know, and I'm like, that's true. But there again, there was a time where that wouldn't have mattered as much with Marvel. Perhaps. You know, Don't forget that Captain Marvel also didn't do super, like super duper well either. And so, like, you can bring up, like, oh, they couldn't promote the movie. I don't, I don't see that doing much of a difference, even if they could have gone around promoting the movie. Because, one, I don't really even, like, like it when actors have to go around and, you know, do hot ones and just be like, yeah, you got to come watch my movie. It's coming out now. Come watch my movie. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm going to watch it anyway, whether or not you guys come out and promote it. The thing that gets my attention is trailers, and the trailers were not getting me that hyped for this movie anyway i thought it was funny somebody brought up the point they said uh because you know of course the main bad guy is played by tom hiddleston's wife and they said this is the first time in a power in a, in a marvel movie set that you've had a power couple in marvel come out you know with loki season loki season two ending the same week that the marvels was coming out and kind of these two big things happening at the same time i'm going I don't even know. I didn't even realize that Tom Hiddleston's wife acted. No, I have no idea who until she is. until you. I saw this post, so I would have never known had I not seen this post. I would have never known that his wife was playing the main bad guy in the Marvels. Mm-hmm. And then, from what I hear, just in the random rumor mill, because I haven't seen the film yet, they're trying to make her because of the trailer. And this isn't even something rumor mill. In the trailer, they say. You know, they have Thanos saying there'll always be others that are doing my work. So they're trying to put her at this Thanos-like level. I don't know, maybe. And I'm going... I have to watch the movie that's first. that's the case, I'm like, that feels like, a, that feels like a bad setup there if that's what you're trying to do. Because she looks like Ronan the Accuser. <laughs> who is definitely not a Thanos-level threat. It's like Ronan the Accuser's cousin, Angela the Accuser. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> I don't know if trying to paint them to be a uh, a Thanos level threat. I don't know, like where you heard that, but that does not seem to be the case from anything that I've seen. I'm just saying when they did the last trailer, I was seeing what Thanos is saying. Somebody will always continue my work, 
And then you yeah. have Captain Marvel come back behind her and say something different. Uh, she's trying to destroy everything I call home. You mm-hmm. know, everything. And so, there's this idea. That, that doesn't make good. somebody a Thanos level threat. It just means they're trying to do the same thing. But anyway. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's a confusing situation. I'm going to go watch the Marvels eventually. Don't know when, but I will. Um, and yeah, Marvel, Marvel and Disney are in this interesting situation to anybody that says, oh, it's over for Disney and Marvel. Like they suck now. Nobody's going to go watch their movies. That's factually untrue. Tons of people are still going to go watch those movies. They're still going to make some money. They're not going to make as much money as they used to unless they start cranking out quality products like they used to. However they do that, it I don't know. I, they need better writers, um, better d- directors, better focuses for these films, better people to to just get everything set up so that everything works out well, you know. Um, which is easier said than done, apparently. Right. I know there's another. There was an article that came out after the Variety article came out, and they were talking about how one of the things they were wanting to do was work towards having, for example, for the Disney Plus shows, instead of doing it as an event-style thing, which most of the Disney Plus shows have been, more like events, instead of a season. So what they want to do is when they bring in writers, they want to bring in writers that write for a seasons of a show now instead of for events. So that way right. you can have cohesive storytelling that's going to go through however long they want it to go in a certain thing. But also, I don't know that I want to see necessarily like a She-Hulk season two. You know, I don't know that I need to see, you know, a whole lot of stuff. I know they had to do that. They had to do a whole bunch of reworking for the Daredevil stuff. And then Echo, we're getting Echo in January, I think now. And Echo is going to be dropped. All episodes of Echo are going to be dropped the same day. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you didn't do that with any other series. Yeah. Well, nobody yeah. cares about Echo. And so, like, Echo is a, a nothing character. Like, I don't know anybody that's chomping at the bit to watch anything, uh, to watch the Echo show. And I think that that's an issue right now because Echo didn't prove herself to be all that interesting. Uh, in the previous shows that we watched in in Hawkeye, you know, I guess she was kind of interesting, but she didn't really stand out a whole lot to me. Yeah. Uh, and if somebody doesn't stand out to me, imagine how little they stand out to the general non-nerdy public. Like, you could be like, oh, she's deaf and she fights really good, and I guess she's Native American, and, like... That's that's cool. I'm all like, okay, but like, is she interesting? And like, she didn't stand out that much when we were watching Hawkeye. So I'm like, uh, like, and the fact that they they like before Hawkeye was even over, they're like, we're getting an Echo show, we're getting this, we're getting that. Um, I think that was a big mistake for Disney to do. Um. Sure, it got people excited and got eyes on these projects, but it's like, I really don't know anybody that's like super excited for the Ironheart show or whatever, you know, and she was better in Wakanda Forever than I thought she was going to be, 
but I'm still like, okay, uh, I know who she is because of the comics. Did anybody else go like, I want to know more about her? Right. I need to see more stuff about her. Well, I think she made a good impression. I thought she did a good job there. But other than that, it's like, are there a ton of people asking for this? Because if there's not, who's going to pay to watch this? And Disney, you can't just expect people to just to get $500 million for everything that you put out. Because some of this stuff people are just not interested in. Like the Blade thing is, is the most interesting thing to me something that's coming out soon but now they're like needing to completely rework it rewrite it like now that thankfully both the writer strike and the actor strike is over they should be able to like really put work into these shows again right but like you know mahershala ali is very cool and looks like blade to me like I see him, and I'm all like, "That looks like if you, you just put the stuff on him, he's blade. It's very simple. I'm sure he moves really cool, or at least you can train him to move really cool. And like, the idea of that's very cool. But like, you gotta make it good, though. If it's not good, people aren't gonna watch it. Right. And it breaks that's my why heart. Why people liked Blade, the original Blade movies, so much is because they were well. First one was good, the second one was all right, and the third one's trash. But people were interested, and they went to go watch it because it was cool. The third one, Wesley got mad at everybody, and pretty much that was the he wore that on his sleeve. Yeah, that's one of the few things that made it bad. You know, I mean, besides the fact that the whole Night Stalker thing was not well thought out at all, and so many other things. So many other yeah, things. it was a bun- bunch of really bad decisions but that uh, that. the reason why i say echo kind of breaks my heart is because i remember reading the daredevil run you know kevin smith read the first run a daredevil where you know he's going to make us mysterio at one point and the kingpin all this crazy stuff's happening black widow shows up and he almost kills a baby because he thinks the baby he's convinced the baby is satan and just yeah. all this crazy stuff in this first arc and then they did the echo arc with david mack and first of all the david mack arc was just gorgeous but then it was the fact that they made you care about Maya before you understood she was a cold-blooded killer. And she can mimic anything. So, like, in one scene in the comic, she's watching, like, a Bruce Lee movie. And she's literally taking a mannequin and she's sitting there setting it up and she's doing the same kicks and stuff that Bruce Lee is doing. And all that stuff. They, and then, like, in the comic, like, they dated for a while. Her and Matt dated. And it was the idea mm-hmm. that you know she, he knew she was blind. He knew she he knew she couldn't hear. She knew he couldn't see. And so it's kind of that whole idea. And then when they started fighting each other, he said, "They're going. Wait a minute. That's the same smell I smelled from her when I kissed her. Is this the same person? Like he even started darting himself. Like he's that. He's like, there's no way all this malice and all this anger is coming from the same person I was just with 20 minutes ago." Until you realize that's exactly who it was. Because she was told that Daredevil killed her dad. So the way they rewrote it, and Hawkeye was kind of like, well, Hawkeye killed your father. Type thing. And I'm like, why would Hawkeye have anything to do with that? And so, you, in a series where you really didn't know what was going on until you got into the series. I mean, Hawkeye's killed a lot of people. Hawkeye has killed a lot of people. And I mean, you could set that up that way, but it just, especially if you're going to come did. back and do a, if you're going to come back and do an Echo series where 
Daredevil's in it. Daredevil's in the trailer. And apparently he's mm. going to show up and they're going to set up Born Again, which that got to push back. So that's not going to come out until 2025. Yep. So it's yep. like all these projects that they're doing, it's like, how are you going to load up for these projects that are a year out? That's another mm-hmm. thing you got to deal with when it comes to this now, because we're only going to be doing a couple of projects a year, a couple of movies, and a couple of TV shows a year. Man, you better make them suckers bangers. I mean, ideally. Or, hear me out, focus on other projects more. But, you know, that's just me. Because, like I said, I'm not chopping at the bit for anything Echo. She could show up and stuff, but, like, I think she's got to try and prove herself a little bit more than what she did in Hawkeye. Now, if there is anybody listening that's, like, really into Echo, I'd love to hear about it. And please leave a comment and say so. Yeah. I said the comic book Echo I love. And as a matter of fact, I think we talked about it during Hawkeye that that in the comic books, Hawkeye, uh, in the the comic books, Echo was the first person to assume the identity of the Ronin character. (coughs) Excuse me. She was the first person to assume the identity of the Ronin character. In the comics, and so I was just like, dude, it would have been cooler, I think, especially since that's the way they did in the comics. If they could have had her be the Ronin, and maybe her as the Ronin, she's trying to figure out the truth. So that by the end of Hawkeye, when you realize that she now knows that Kingpin did it, it's because she found out herself, not you know, the whole I'm struggling to believe whether this dude that I was told killed my father by the man I trusted is telling me the truth. Yeah. You know. I mean possibly, but you know, as a comic reader, you would figure something like that would be good. But we also have to consider like these what would the general public the, want? These are not just written well. for the person that had read the, all, all that stuff with Echo in it early on. Yeah. This is written for people who have never touched a comic book and you don't know that they ever will. Yeah. There's no guarantee. And so that is a thing. So it talked about a lot about the quantum mania thing. Now, of course, we talked. To, we kind of talked about quantum mania without talking about quantum mania, uh, because we talked about the whole fact that how it was done and the CG and stuff with everything. Mm-hmm. You mentioned focusing on other projects. Yeah. When you say focusing on other projects, do you mean in addition to them taking taking down maybe one or two projects a year, really sitting down and really wiring out how those projects are going to work? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So. I'm saying they, they got too many projects going right now and I think some of them could just go away and I don't I don't think there would be much of a hubbub about it. Maybe from some comic fans. Like, why are they making a Wonder Man show right now? I get it. Wonder Man's very popular among the people that actually like Iron, uh, Wonder Man. But I know a lot of people don't really care about Wonder Man. Even longtime comic fans do not care that much about Wonder Man. Now, if they make something cool with Wonder Man, then I could see more people getting interested. People... If the general public did not care about Guardians of the Galaxy until those movies came out, and James Gunn made them great. And, like, you it, you gotta think about this more from a movie-making standpoint more than a comic book fan standpoint. Because what's good for comic books is not always going to be good for movies, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And there's a big reason why the MCU is different from the comics. One, because it is its own separate timeline entity multiverse its own universe it's separate 
but two, it's because some things are better for TV than in comics, and you got to change it. Right. And so, like, Wonder Man, Echo, um, Ironheart, like, maybe they could get a show if they became more popular. I think it made sense for them to make a Hawkeye show because Hawkeye had been in, like, four movies before he got his own show. And his show was pretty good. And I liked it a, a lot. Major, it just went through a major thing of losing one of the closest things, a family he had in the form of losing that. Yeah. He, lost a, he, he went lost through a, a lot. And so, like, this little tiny bit that we've had of Echo and Ironheart and some other characters, like, I don't think there's enough there to build a whole show off of. Um, I think you could in the future, but you'd have to make sure that people are going to want to watch it. Right now, I don't see anybody watching those shows. People wanted to watch Loki because they really, really liked Loki from all the movies he was in, and they wanted to see, and then they made something very cool and interesting with Loki. Mm-hmm. And the storytelling like was really awesome, too. Yeah. And the Hawkeye show I thought was really good. WandaVision I thought was very good. Um. And a few others that I was like, that was good. But like some others, I'm like, I don't, you don't have to put your effort into that yet. You should be building more on what you already have and establishing stuff, maybe adding a couple characters here and there. Like, um, Miss Marvel was a good show, but like I know a ton of people didn't watch it, but the people that did watch it really liked it. So it's like, you know, you you can't just make your money back just assuming people are going to watch something just because it's got Marvel's name on it. Mm-hmm. What you got to do is work on what you have right now, build it up, and then you can start branching out with like individual shows for individual things. The Minions movie would not have been successful without the first three uh, Despicable, Despicable Me movies. movies. Right. Or even uh, and what, was the, now you what, were, was the, what was the Gru movie that they did as well? Did they do a Gru Rise solo of Gru. film? Yeah, but that came out after the the Minions movies. Okay. That's why I, I told I was I'm going in chronological order here. Okay, fair enough. Like they made the first three Despicable Me movies, and then they made the Minions movies. In the same way, you you don't want to make Puss in Boots without establishing him in Shrek first. Right. First, you make the first Shrek movie. People go to watch it because it's different and it makes fun of Disney super hard. And then Shrek 2, like they keep building on that, making fun of Disney and stuff. And they establish Puss in Boots and people love him instantly. Yep. And then after some time, then he gets his first movie, which was kind of not great. Uh, and then The Last Witch, Last Wish, which everybody unanimously says is the best movie ever made. Yep. So like you, you got to work on it. And like, the first person, Puss in Boots, is an example of like, oh, they didn't, they didn't, they were just like, hey, you like Puss in Boots? Here's a movie with him in it, and it wasn't a very good movie, and people didn't like it very much. But then The Last Wish was literally the animators and everybody coming together, like, let's just make something fun and good, and we got Puss in Boots in it. Maybe some people will watch it, and then everybody that watched it was like, it's the best thing ever. Right. So that's the same thing that Disney needs to be doing is like building on characters, making people love characters, and then just 
then you can branch out with like individual stuff, stuff like Hawkeye and WandaVision and maybe Falcon and Winter Soldier, stuff like that, that people would definitely go and watch. I'll tell you something I miss from Marvel that they should bring back, which would also help develop some of this stuff more and gives you a test market. You know how Marvel used to do the Marvel one shots in a lot of these little movies, like either at the beginning of a movie or at the end of a movie, like they did, you know, at the end of it, they did later, like uh, the Peggy Carter one shot before they did the series. They did the Hell to the King that was this thing off of Iron Man 3. Oh, yeah, I didn't even watch Hell to the King. You know, they did a few of those. I didn't watch any of those. Like those that were like, usually they were right, they were direct to video type things where they would be on the DVDs or the Blu rays. And then, you know, they, because they were like, yeah, the original goal was to show them before movies, this little things like back in the day when you used to have little shorts of stuff that could eventually be developed into other things, you know. And you do those shorts and you see where your people are getting to. Like, for example, if they did a short of Echo where you see her in her full comic accurate outfit with the handprint tattooed white over the, you know, not necessarily that, not that I don't know that that would work. But however I know they how badly you want it, comic accurate outfits. Yeah, on I know, I know, I know, I know me. But um, all I'm saying is, you know, let's put, let's do a short or like she's stopping a criminal or something. And then all of a sudden, maybe Electra shows up. And like her and Electra have a short little fight. And then, like, they kind of walk off respecting each other or something like that. And call it Ladies' Night or something. I don't know, just something silly like that. But the idea being do your one shots as ways to kind of introduce these characters. And then, if people start talking about it, you know, if they're like, hey, I showed up at the movie 15 minutes beforehand. I got to see this really cool one shot about this character I didn't know nothing about. You ever heard of. <coughs> You know, you ever heard of uh, Echo? And then you get, get people talking. But it's not something you're making a full commitment to. You're talking about maybe 10 minutes. You know, or less. To mm -hmm. put something in there to where you're introducing a lot of these characters. Wonder Man. Perfect example. Okay. You do, uh, you do a parody movie of Endgame. But you have Wonder Man in the Tony Stark role. And then it, it's him standing there. It's like, I am Iron Man. He does the snap, and then it cuts. And then, like, you know, something happens, and somebody, you know, and he, you know, of course, I'm imagining, I know, I'm not imagining the guy that they got cast. I'm imagining Nathan Fillion in the role, uh, because I still think he should have been the dang Wonder Man, dang it. But anyway, and in a situation, like a, like a lady screams, there's AIM people or whatever out there doing something crazy, he just beats up a whole bunch of A people and flies off and he says some sort of cheesy one-liner as he leaves. You know, he's like, sometimes I can be a star and sometimes I can go chase the stars. Right now I gotta go chase the stars. And he flies off, something goofy like that. Bring back the hmm. one-shots. I don't know, man. There's one glaring issue that I have with that in that nobody really watched those. Like, not even I, and I watched, like, everything. No. Oh. I didn't watch, like, any of the one-shots. Like I said, I think the main reason why most people didn't watch it was because they were only available on the Blu-rays. Yeah, well, even the Blu -rays putting them in DVDs. front of, like, a movie, I don't know how much that'll help. Especially when they're... They, like, to Disney, they would feel like, oh, we'll just introduce them in the movie itself. We don't need the one-shots. But, you know, it's Disney's going to make their own decisions about everything. So, like, what does it even really matter? 
No, but I can have ideas. No, you can have ideas. I'm just letting you know <laughs> that I mean, you can you can let that energy out into the out into the ocean if you want. It's like peeing into the ocean. Eventually, it's going to dissipate. <laughs> Maybe somebody nearby will feel it and be like, "Oh, ew, it's warm over here." That that's a that's a great <laughs> T-shirt right there. It's like pissing <laughs> in the ocean. Yep. You you put it out there, but eventually it's just going to dissipate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know. but like like I said, like they have a. It, I think that they're in a very good opportunity right now because of the 20th Century Fox um, acquisition. Uh, I think that what they should be focusing on right now is reintroducing all of those like heroes that they've reacquired recently. Get I ready. think that's what their focus should be on. Get ready to bring and, back and, the like, Fantastic Four. Get ready to bring back the X-Men. X-Men, Fantastic <laughs> Four, but also Blade and other characters that like there there's already been movies of like but before Disney or Marvel Studios existed. Yeah. And make just bring those back because people will be interested to come back for that kind of stuff. That's one thing that they can do. And two, they need to start making higher quality products again so that more and more people will be like, "Oh, this was a really good movie. I really enjoyed it." And you're at this point, you're always going to get your haters. You're always going to get all the people that are like, oh, Disney loses money, Marvel panics, and stuff like that. And there's always going to be people that say that, and they're going to you know, get money for it because people want to click and watch that. Yeah. But you can continue making good movies, and the general public will come back, and you're going to get a way more people watching your movies again, and you're going to get successes like you had with Infinity War and Endgame and many of the other movies, yeah. Civil War, stuff like that. And I think the other thing you got to do, too, if you're Kevin Feige, if you say we don't have to watch uh, the Disney Plus shows to understand what's happening in the movies, you need to stick to that. Because that's the thing, too, I'm noticing with a lot of these projects. It's like, you, you have to have at least watched, you know, Loki now. You've had to have at least watched Quantumania. You've had to have at least watched WandaVision. You know, especially if Wanda ends well, up... Quantumania coming, is a movie. Yeah. So it, it's not a Disney Plus show. Well, true. But I'm saying... I'm saying... Because, well, yeah. I see what you're saying. But, um, you know, different Disney Plus shows... If you're going to say you don't have to watch them in order to understand what's going on in these movies, you need to make sure you keep to that logic. Because I know a bunch of people, I know when I was, when people were in the theater watching Quantum Media, they were like, well, wait, who the heck is, you know, what, what, what's the Quantum, what's the, you know, who's Kang? I don't even know who Kang is. Where's, where's well, they the introduced summer? Kang in that show? You know, because they didn't introduce Kang in Loki. Yeah. Friendly reminder, they introduced a variant. They introduced him. He Who Remains. Yeah. That's not Kang. Same same guy, but they introduced Kang, and they kept it self-contained in <coughs> Quantumania. I'll what, argue that much, at least. Yeah. I got you. I got you. All, all I'm saying is if, if you're going to if you're gonna do, if you're going to say you don't have to watch the Disney Plus shows to understand what's going on, then you need to make sure you stick to that. So when we see She-Hulk in an Avengers movie, you need to introduce She-Hulk as though we've never seen her before. With the exception of people who have. 
You know, right. so if Daredevil shows up, Daredevil just need enough yeah. of an explanation, yeah. like we said in the previous episode that we recorded. Just give a, give the audience a little something so that they're like, oh, okay, I understand. Yeah. This and then if they want to go back and watch that other stuff, they'll get more context. This is my cousin Jen. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. what I said. Yeah. You can just say that's the Hulk's cousin, and that to me, for any like non comic book fan. Like to me, that should be more than enough. Is all like that's the Hulk's cousin. Yeah, and you're like, oh, okay, I get it. She all can also Hulk out. Yeah, I don't know Ooh. how that happened. Maybe we'll watch. It's can the whole we'll family watch the show. Can the whole family Hulk out, or is it just those two? <laughs> well, I don't know. Watch the show, find out. Exactly. And so, any did you have any other points in the article that you wanted to kind of talk about, or did we? Do you feel like we kind of covered everything? Uh, let me scroll through really quick. Uh, scroll through there. I think I. I think I pretty much covered it. I think, like I said, the the main issue here is like you gotta you gotta talk to the fans. I don't think you gotta talk to the fans. Actually, you gotta slow down, refocus, focus on in the 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 characters that are guaranteed to make you money, and then build out from there after you've already built a rapport with other people. Yeah. Because, like I said. Nobody cared about Guardians of the Galaxy until James Gunn made that movie. Yeah. And and then tons of people loved Guardians of the Galaxy. And that's why Guardians 3 was the most successful thing in this new phase because people were very excited. People were Same invested. kind of goes with, with, with Spider-Man yep. and No Way Home. You know, that is another thing that's like, yeah, people were invested and people had, were wanting to come and see because they're like, what if this and that? And then they go watch the movie and yeah. find out that almost all of it was confirmed, you know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, I mean, we got, what, Deadpool coming out this year for certain because they're going back and doing Maybe. their... Yeah, they're going back and doing getting in the production chair to go back and do Deadpool. But I'm kinda, I kind of wonder... <clears throat> let me look up something right quick. Because I kind of wonder what Marvel projects have been shifted to now for the next set of films. So, because I'm kind of wondering what what's going to be the big focus for 2024, even. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of mix-ups happening because of the strikes that happened that are now over. And uh, slowing things down and everything that happened with COVID. Um, like I said, it was, I think it was a bad idea that they introduced all of those projects like in a line like that, because already there's been a ton of changes that have happened and it was, it was wrong for them to do that with star Wars as well. I think star Wars also should be like refocused and, and recontextualized and, um, have everybody just like focus up again and make better products again. And you'll, you'll get a happier group of people. Yeah. If you do that. Yeah, because now most of the projects are like to be determined. <laughs> you know, cause like the yeah. second season of What If was supposed to be this year, and I don't even know if we're going to get that still. Echo Maybe. was supposed to be this year, and it's gone to 2024. Agatha Darkhold Diaries uh, is supposed to be next oh, year. Oh, it changed again? They changed the name again. <laughs> Sheesh. Um, <clears throat> yeah, well, that's another thing. I'm like, Agatha was super good in WandaVision. I don't. I don't think she needs her own show yet. Yeah, like, like honestly, again, it was Agatha all along. Could have been a one shot. 
<laughs> I mean, they pretty much explained her backstory in one episode of the show. I yeah, don't see why we need to explain it in the show itself. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't understand why we need another show around Agatha going back to that time. Like we're gonna expand well, I... out the thing that they already told us. Yeah. Well, I mean, there could be more there. And or maybe, maybe, maybe you know something happens and she gets bronked out of her. You know, whatever Wanda goes through her sabbatical or whatever they've got her doing right now because they've still well, not Wanda's there. dead. You know, so maybe the spell broke, and maybe Agatha wakes up, and maybe the wicked, the the uh, the group that is the group, the coven that she was under. There are people in that coven that have come after her or something. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know what they're doing. No, there could be anything, but that's not important right now because we don't even we don't know, know if that's going to come gonna out anyway. It. Right. You know, but it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Whatever they decide to do, I just hope they decide to slow down and give good quality projects, whether it's shows or whether it's movies. And if you commit yeah. to two shows a year, because we've got enough stuff with Disney, we should be getting other Disney projects to where we don't have to feel like the Disney Plus should be just Marvel projects. Really? Yeah. That's, I think, another, that's a bigger problem is that a lot of the stuff that came out for Disney Plus that was going to, quote, save Disney Plus with all this Marvel stuff. And I'm like, well, what about... And the, Star Wars. And Star Wars. And what's like, what about, you know, stuff like the X-Men, you know, which, I mean, technically that's a Marvel thing too, but like the X-Men cartoon that was supposed to be rebooted this year that I think yeah. is getting pushed back to 2024. They're working on it. You know, and other things that Disney Plus itself should be doing. Like, where are those specials? Spider-Man like, freshman year. You know, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a bunch of stuff that they've announced that or we don't know what's going on. Well, once again, don't forget, there was like six months of strikes that happened. Yeah, this is true. So, like, we lost half a year of work. Yeah. So, half a year writing, you know, half a year that's of, why, of That's why I'm sitting here. I'm going to be patient for anything. Um, and that that's also leads back into they shouldn't have announced everything. If they weren't close to finishing already, right, right, you know, they should they should do what Nintendo does and announce the game three months before it's ready to ship, <laughs> right? Because people will go like, "Oh, that game looks so good," and they're like, "It does look good." Here it is. There you go. It'll be Have in your hands shortly, guys. Go to the stores yeah. and buy it. You know, buck your local game. Stop pre-ordering now because it'll be out in a couple of months. Yep. You know, pre-orders open now. And I'm and I'm I've got to admit this. I'll admit this now. Going to see the Marvels feels like homework. Mm -hmm. And I can't say that I've there've been a lot of movies. Even when I went to go see Love and Thunder, yeah, I thought Love and Thunder was going to be really, really awesome. And there were awesome parts about it, but it just didn't feel like the same energy that Ragnarok had. It felt like something totally different. I thought I thought Love and Thunder was very very good, but uh, there was definitely a lot of stuff where I'm just like, ah, people aren't gonna like that. I appreciate it, but I know other I think we both were like kind of like, you know, the goats. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the the goats were funny the first time, and then they stopped being funny pretty quickly. Yeah, they they, they went from funny to annoying really fast. <laughs> yeah. Like you know, but there, there's a lot of stuff in there that's just it's goofy Taika Waititi stuff. And I'm just like, I appreciate it. I like Taika's goofiness, yeah. but there's going to be plenty of people that aren't going to like it so much. Yeah. It just, just on a, on a, on a, uh, 
what is it, just, the, just stuff on a string that's going cornier to cornier to cornier back and forth again. Mm-hmm. And the first Captain Marvel, I didn't watch in theaters. I watched like much later on DVD. I watched it on Disney Plus. And so, like, yeah, The Marvels feels like homework. And there's been a few movies where I've gone to where I'm like, that feels like homework. I don't really want to watch it, but we got to talk about it on the podcast, so I got to go yes. watch it. So got to go. You do, know? Yep. So I'll probably go watch it sometime this week. I just got to figure out when. And, like, I was excited for Ahsoka, but that took us a while because I was like, no, I have to watch Rebels first. And I didn't even know that Ahsoka was going to be Rebels 2. I was just like, I, I need to do it yeah. for myself. And then I found out as watching the show, I was like, okay, this is, like, Rebels again, just more. Right. And live action, and it's great. Yep. <laughs> and there we go. So those are the exciting things we've talked about. So... So, in your honest opinion, and I'm going to say this before I ask you the question. In my honest opinion, I'm going to say Marvel is doing what DC should have done a long time ago. And DC should have stopped when the first couple of films didn't do so hot. It was like, can we restructure this in any way? Like, it should have taken James Gunn being hired to restructure the DC movies. Mm -hmm. Like, it should have been something that people were working on restructuring before that. Um... You know, but I feel like Marvel's gonna sit down and try to restructure things and do where it's like, because the way it sounds, they're like, you know, we're, we're, we're gonna come up with fewer projects a year, but we're gonna really give you really good quality projects. And so I'm hoping they follow through with that. And so mm-hmm. the hope with the DC team, uh, I think David Zaslav came out, there's rumor that he's possibly canceled Peacemaker season two. Because he's just like, it's irreverent. We don't need that kind of stuff in the, in the stuff. James Gunn was like, you understand I made that, right? Like, before you hired me to do all this other stuff, like, that's a personal baby of mine. Hmm. And so there's kind of a fight between David Zaslav and, and um, James Has Gunn. Has there been any, um, any reports of that? Because I would like to read it. For, let me see what I can find there. And I may have to send it to you a little bit later, but I know. Let me see. Um, but it's just interesting how that's going because, of course, it's the whole idea of how much are you going to really let these guys do the work as opposed yep. to just, you know, you still have your ideas for how this should go. You're just going to use them um, as um, you're just going to use them as a way to do it. So that, that way, if it doesn't do well, you got scapegoats, but if it does well, then everybody says, well, it's our leadership that did it. That's how yep. we changed it. It had nothing to do with James Gunn as much as, um, as you know, as we made the decisions and put them in charge, mm-hmm. and that's how it worked out. And like I've I've heard stuff like uh, when it comes to like editing and stuff, like there's a lot of stuff that's going on in the backgrounds at Marvel where they're like, we want to make sure that all of these movies kind of feel similar to each other. And I don't know if I think that that's the best plan. I think that um, if you're going to hire a visionary director to direct one of these movies, you should let that movie feel like that director's movie. Like, Multiverse of Madness felt very Sam Raimi, and especially, like, his older stuff. And it felt good to see that, but it also it felt like it was Sam Raimi being fed through a Marvel sieve so that he still fits kind of in that mold 
And I know that some other directors have kind of felt like that kind of pressure when making their movies for Disney. And I think that I, it would be better just to let these directors um, do more of what their vision is for these movies rather than try and step in and try and, you know, make it the brand product, as it were. Okay. So, and I'm looking at this, and is it possible it's something different? Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I think I got what it is, and I may have been wrong. It's not Peacemaker, but apparently <clears throat> James Gunn and John Cena wrote a movie called Coyote vs. Acme. Hmm. Where it's basically Wiley Coyote versus Acme. And David Zaslav can't shelve that and shelved it as a tax write-off, similar to what they did with Batgirl. Mm -hmm. So basically, it's not Peacemaker Two; it's it's this project that him and Gunn were working on. Mm -hmm. Decided to shelve the movie. I didn't really realize that was some movie that was coming out. So I guess that's why when I saw cancellation, cancellation of so a little bit of research, just to realize. That yeah, do a little more that. research and get the actual information down. So let's see. Warner Brothers Discovery is decided to shelf Coyote versus Acme despite it being completed. The decision is part of Warner Brothers Pictures Animation's new strategy of focusing on theatrical releases, causing completed movies to be canceled and used as tax write-offs. This is animated? That would have been nice to see. <laughs> uh, the cancellation mm -hmm. kind of is disappointing for all involved and those looking forward to it, but Warner Brothers remains open to creative collaborations with the director and continues to work with James Gunn and Cena on other projects. So, that's what it was. Alright, so, yeah, one Peacemaker, it was Cowdy versus Acme. Yep. Something else entirely yeah. different. Something else entirely different indeed. So, but mm -hmm. at the end of the day, uh, all I'm saying is, you know, just restructure. So my question is, do you feel like that Marvel is is not only going to be able to turn this around, but really focus on making better products overall? That's something that we hope DC will do as well. Because ultimately we want to see these I movies do. do well. Yes. Uh, I do think that Disney is in a very good position to course correct and fix everything. The question is, is whether or not they're actually going to. Because Disney's still a business and their whole thing is making money. Um, and my hope is, is that they just realize that if they make good stuff, they'll make money. And sometimes even then, like making a good product doesn't necessarily require you to spend a million billion dollars on the product. Sometimes it works out like when you with Avatar, but other times uh, it won't. And like what it's looking like is going to happen with the Marvels. Yep. And, you know, here's the thing. Just, you know, if it's a good movie, it's a good movie. It'll stand the test of time. If it's a great movie, it'll stand the test of time even more. Or it'll be one of those movies that gets more, gets better later and becomes its own cult classic in a lot of ways. That does don't make money, though. Yeah. But, you know, don't, but don't, don't blame it on other outside things. Either it's good or it isn't. Bottom line. Just cut to the chase on it, you know, and um, 
go from there. You know, and I mean, who knows? I mean, we may, you know, rumor has it Brie Larson was talked about uh, whether or not she's going to be coming back. She didn't say she wasn't willing to come back. She just said she wasn't for sure. I remember in an interview during the Marvel, the D D23 last year, uh, you know, they asked her about coming back as Captain Marvel after the second movie. She said, I don't know. Do people want that? Do people want to see that happen? I don't know. I'm not going to say that I, can't, I won't, but I, I mean, if people don't want to see it, I don't know that I would entertain it. You know, and I mean, with the way this picture is, I mean, it's going to definitely seem as though people don't want to see it that way. So, I mean, we'll see. You know. And then, yep. of course, I think Deadpool will be an interesting case because I think there's stuff that could be definitely brought in. and I mean, it could be just a whole lot of fun. You know, if for no other reason, I mean, just to see Hugh Jackman coming back as Wolverine and one more time when we didn't think that was going to happen. Yep. He had already talked about. I mean, there's a Deadpool three definitely has the biggest opportunity to do well. Yeah, financially. So, this is us talking about Marvel stuff, man. You know, is Marvel in trouble? So the ultimate question I'm going to ask you to end this: Do you think they're in trouble? Really in trouble, or do you think the internet just ran out of stuff to talk about? Uh, oh, 100% the internet has already, has long, long since forgotten or ran out of stuff to talk about. Um, I don't want to give the internet any credit here. <laughs> um, there's been haters for a long time and people will hate on a popular thing just because it's popular and they're going to get a lot of views and they're going to get a lot of money for doing it. Good for them. Uh, keep, keep up that hustle culture, my guys. Um, I don't watch their stuff and I don't like them. Uh, but at the same time, I don't think Disney's in trouble. Um, I think Disney is not doing as well as it was before and as such isn't making as much money as it was before or potentially could be making right now. And because of that, like, uh, they, they're they're not doing as well as they were, but I wouldn't say they're in trouble because they're still a multi-billion dollar company that still makes a million billion dollars every single year, even with the projects that don't go well. Because um, let's not forget that Disney animated movies still come out, Pixar movies still come out, and they have a million billion theme parks all around the world that makes them a million billion dollars. They have products they like... Disney's doing fine. They're definitely not in trouble, but they could be doing better than they are right now as far as Marvel movies and even uh, Star Wars products go. Like, they could be doing better. And I think this is an opportunity, one, for them to start paying their actors and their writers and everybody a good wage, and two, um, start making better products because of it. Gotcha. So to quote a uh, a Chicago made punk from back in the day, um, Disney could be Disney's making millions of dollars, but they could be making billions of dollars if they would focus on the right stuff. Mm -hmm. So there we go. That that's 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 the way we wrap that one up. So anyway, uh, Jingles, last words for you as we get ready to wrap this up. Uh, my last words are. It's not a Marvel problem. It's a quality problem. And quality has been down 
all around. So it's not just Marvel that's having issues here. It's everyone. Okay. Okay. Uh, last words are, for me, real simple. Slow down. More quality than quality, and we'll be fine. You don't have to make 12 movies a year. We don't need 14 Disney Plus shows a year. You slow it down. Focus on making quality stuff with everything. And you'll win the fans back that you need to win back. Period. And on that note, uh, we're at you. Uh, doing this pop culture thing. And we appreciate every one of you for listening. Thank you so much for rocking out with us here and having this conversation with us. And above all else, guys and girls, do me a favor. Be blessed with a blessing to somebody. Take care.